Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato from MediaMonarchy.com. Anyone with any self-respect will fight you with our dying breath. We've got that story plus abolishing copyright. But first, how Finland is teaching a generation to spot misinformation. By Jenny Gross and the New York Times, a typical lesson that Sarah Martika, a teacher in Hamilina, Finland, gives her students goes like this. She presents her eighth graders with news articles. Together they discuss what's the purpose of the article, how and when was it written, what are the author's central claims. Just because it's a good thing or it's a nice thing doesn't mean it's true or it's valid, she said. In her class last month, she showed students three TikTok videos and they discussed the creator's motivations and the effects that the videos had on them. Her goal, like that of teachers around Finland, is to help students learn to identify false information. Finland ranked number one of 41 European countries on resilience against misinformation for the fifth time in a row in a survey published in October by the Open Society Institute in Sofia, Bulgaria. Officials say Finland's success is not just the result of its strong education system, which is one of the best in the world, but also because of a concerted effort to teach students about fake news. Media literacy is part of the national core curriculum starting in preschool. After Finland, the European countries that ranked highest for resilience to misinformation in the Open Society Institute survey. Did we mention it's the Open Society Institute survey? were Norway, Denmark, Estonia, Ireland, and Sweden. A survey by Gallup published in October, however, found that just 34% of Americans trusted the mass media to report the news fully, accurately, and fairly, slightly higher than the lowest number the organization recorded in 2016 when journalism died suddenly from a Trump-induced suicide. In Finland, 76% of Finns consider print and digital newspapers to be reliable, according to an August survey commissioned by a trade group representing Finnish newspapers. Uh huh. And in other news, a Coca-Cola rover finds evidence of Dysani on Mars. In its public school system, its public school system is among the best in the world. College is free. There is high trust in the government, and Finland was one of the European countries least affected by the pandemic. Last week, Finland's Supreme Court rules local COVID restrictions partially illegal. It's not martial law. It's partial law. James, just do not ask about their depression and suicide numbers, but... Let's 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 go to school right here. You're the you're the teacher, man. Can you apply that same media literacy to this New York Times article written by an MBA from Columbia University? Me? Sure. Yeah. You. You're <laughs> let's the go teacher. for it. Um, well, I would I would just note off the top that being number one in the list of um, resilience to misinformation. Um, being ranked by some government agency is probably not a list you want to be on the top of because, of course, what they mean is willing trusting trust and uh, willing trust in institutions, establishments, government uh, figures, uh, corporate media, but anything you know by Joe Schmo on the internet. What James Pilato, media monarchy? What's this? Um, of course, that's going to be misinformation, right? So I think we know how this goes, but you know what? Actually, if we just take at face value on surface level what they are saying here, I agree. We do need more media literacy, absolutely, because people are are being fooled, are going to be fooled a lot more in the future 
Um, with all the deep fakes and all the photos uh, manipulation and all of this stuff that's happening now, we're just seeing the, the thin edge of this wedge. So um, I see it on a daily basis at this point. Uh, Mark Crispin Miller, to his credit, recently posted up a big mea culpa saying, hey, I was sharing that video of the blood clot thing. What is this? People gasping as this blood clot is revealed. And oh, actually, it turns out this is a video from a surgery several years ago. Uh, the audio was faked on it. And Mark Crispin Miller had to say, sorry for passing that around. This is why it is so important to cite sources, which the New York Times is not very good at doing. Um, they will uh, they will just essentially tell you what this expert says and what that expert says, and very seldom will link anything to you. In fact, pre-2010-ish, they didn't link anything ever. Um, it was amazing when, when URLs started uh, being available on their website. But what, what, what have you found about Jenny Gross at the New York Times, James? Well, I, I just went to her kind of byline page where on the New York Times it gives the list of, of all the other most recent articles that they've written. Their most recent article is about that self-proclaimed Illuminati high priestess Madonna. No, of course, it's not about the rampant child abuse at her school in Malawi that is now being investigated. No, it's about some other feel-goody thing that doesn't matter at all. I don't even remember anymore. Why would you think it would be about investigating Madonna schools in Malawi? Use your media literacy skills and know that, of course, the New York Times isn't going to talk about that. James, that's something we talked about a long time ago here in New World Next Week. Why do... It's the internet. I don't know. Let's use hyperlinks to link to the things that we're talking about. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to make the argument that I'm an important journalist but I cite my sources way more than the New York Times has ever done. <sighs> so maybe, James, yeah. when you when you but, teach your children that daddy chest feeder government gives you free stuff, is, is that when they trust, <laughs> is that when they kind of trust the media more? Hey, college is free. I trust 75% of the media. I've got the PDF link, how it started, how it is going. Media Literacy Index 2022. Because now media literacy includes writing like the memes that, that ate your school lunch, I guess, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, wait, James, what what's that? Is that the sound of some country that's trying to rise to the top of the list of censorship and crackdown on anything they deem misinformation? This sounds like a job for Justin Trudeau. That's right, folks. Uh, this just in from Reclaim the Net. Canada is spending taxpayers' money to fight online misinformation funding 16 projects. And they are now spending um, millions upon millions of dollars with the Department of Canadian Heritage recently announcing that, don't worry, they're going to preserve democracy by fighting that nasty online misinformation. Our democracy relies on a common set of facts, says the announcement on the Canadian Heritage official page. Do not expect this common set of facts to be defined, though. That will highly likely be done, as it has been done before, as a fitting punishment for whatever those in power seek to censor. Uh, in th uh, and speech and flag as misinformation. The implication is that without this nebulous common set of facts, as well as reliable sources of information, and with citizens expressing themselves freely, democracy fails. Because that is essentially what they're saying. No, you all have to believe what we're saying, and anything else is misinformation. Use your media literacy, folks. If it doesn't come from the New York Times, it's not real. And then, finally, not to get 
uh, obviously not, not to be left out of this party. Who else shows up on this? Of course, World Economic Forum declares misinformation a top global risk. Because, once again, people are losing trust in institutions when they actually start to apply this media literacy and look into what they're doing. So, you know what? You're right, Jenny Gross. I, th I, I agree. People do need more media literacy. And as that media literacy grows, they start turning away from the New York Times. Imagine that. That's, you can just put it into a simple, memified diagram that shows that as media literacy grows, trust in corporate-funded media goes down. James, this, this is, is extremely, extremely dangerous, dangerous to our, our democracy. democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is, this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. <laughs> Other recent uh, Soros stunts. This is a good one. Greta detained in a... Photo op at a German coal protest. James, I've got all the media literacy and World Economic Forum, and we are just getting going on that first story on this New World Next Week, episode 507. Our second one, really interesting. Oxford counselors receive deluge of death threats over climate lockdown conspiracy. Oh, wait, sorry. They put the scare quotes around lockdown, not the, not the conspiracy. This from Express. Oxford City Councilors have received a number of death threats over a conspiracy theory about a scheme to curb traffic. Local politicians have removed their home addresses from council websites following threatening and aggressive correspondence in relation to the story, according to the Times. It is claimed by the council's detractors that the city of Oxford was to be divided into zones which residents would be prevented from leaving in order to combat climate change. Calls, email, and social media messages are flooding into the council, decrying the lockdown plot from local leaders. The conspiracy emerged after Oxford County Council approved a trial scheme. So I believe some people in secret got together and agreed to, to work some idea. That might be a conspiracy. The conspiracy emerged after conspirators in the Oxford County Council approved a trial scheme costing six and a half million pounds, preventing motorists from using particular routes at particular times. But it's not a lockdown plot at all. The scheme, which will be in place for six months during the trial period, is aimed at reducing the number of unnecessary journeys in the congested city and enable buses to travel more easily. I can, I can see it now. The unnecessary journeys of the useless eaters. In addition to the council's congestion plan, which is expected to be road tested this year, is also designed to tackle climate change by reducing pollution. No, not single-use COVID mask litter, but like the bad, the bad pollution stuff. So, so check this out. And I don't know if anybody saw the CNN folks, CNN folks starting to talk about getting rid of gas stoves because of climate. Oh, oh wait, I'm getting in trouble here. Really interesting story. I'll, I'll include that in the show notes. Sorry, I got sidebarred. Does this sound like a lockdown conspiracy to you? The system would operate by using number plate recognition cameras, which would monitor traffic on six key roads in the city center. These traffic filters would see drivers that break the rules slapped with a 70-pound fine. Unlike bikes and public transport, private cars will need a permit to travel on the six roads in question. Additional exemptions include blue badge holders, cars, business owners, and emergency workers. Residents that don't fall into any of these categories can apply for a permit on 100 days of the year. 
Social media users urged residents to hunt down all council members and drag them to the Tower of London. A photograph of a noose was also sent to the city council. An anonymous message seen by the Times sent to the council called councillors Nazis and said they were placing people under house arrest in their sectors. The message read, quote, What are you going to do next? Send us to concentration camps? When will the gassing of motorists start? Anyone with any self-respect will fight you with our dying breath. Meanwhile, a story I reported a couple of weeks ago on my Morning Monarchy, UK members of Parliament wearing stab vests to meet their constituents. Folks here in the States that might not know, stab vests are what scum politicians wear after the populace has been disarmed. Oi, where's your knife license, mate? So, so, so follow, follow, stay with me here, James. So maybe instead of making death threats like Madonna or Crappy Griffin or Blackface Silverman, maybe exercise your civil disobedience liberties like Larry Wilmore, CIA De Niro, or Crip Doggy Dog. Fifteen times celebrities envisioned violence against Trump. From the greatclimatecon.com. So this is what's interesting. All the stories are about death threats. They're going to kill us, these extremists. But what are the extremists saying? Oxford residents mount resistance against the sectioning of their streets from thegreatclimatecon.com. Oxford residents are taking matters into their own hands and destroying the street zone sectioning barriers. There's some really interesting video going on of this, and I think things only heated up over the last weekend. This article, I think, was from before then. So, James, I... I I'm, my media literacy is confused. Is this is this good rebellion or is this double plus bad thing? Oh, oh, don't worry, James. There's an easy way to tell. You just ask WWGD. What would Greta do? And if she's if she would be on board with this protest, it's good. If she would not be on board with this protest, then you are a vile conspiracy theorist, and you should be locked away like. We're claiming you're crazy for believing we want to do to uh -huh. you, or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. Don't think about it too hard. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I, this is interesting because yes, I, I could I could actually see someone of totally totally innocent and naive, and I don't understand why people are reacting this way to this. It's because people are looking not one step, but two steps down the road. It isn't hard to see where this is going and that it is part of a much, much bigger agenda. But if you claim innocence and naivety and, oh, I have no idea about this bigger agenda you're talking about, why are you so upset? We're just talking about a better way to filter traffic so that we can reduce climate change or whatever. Um, I could understand how people could be fooled into that. But of course, yes, it is media literacy. People now understand there is a much, much, much bigger agenda at play and it's being talked about in Davos and it's being war-gamed out by the UN and this Agenda 2030 and all of this, and people are connecting dots for the first time, perhaps in our lifetimes. People are actually starting to connect these dots and getting really, really angry about the first step down the path to tyranny. Because, of course, the first step doesn't look like much. It's the second, third, fourth, fifth, seventh, 28th step. We know where this is going. So we're saying hell no now. And not with death threats and all of that. Half of the time that is made up. Yeah, I guess I guess Juicy Small A doesn't even have to, you know, walk around with the, the fake noose anymore. He could just say, I got a picture of a noose. And who could ever disprove that, right? But anyway, this is all crazy conspiracy theory. There is absolutely no coordinated agenda to do this in city after city all around the world as part of an ongoing process to start locking down populations. And in completely and totally unrelated news... 
Scotland's plan to implement 20-minute neighborhoods nationwide. That's uh, just uh, being reported now in activist posts. So it is coming all over the UK and around the world. And I think people should be saying no very forcefully to this. Very recently on CNN, they were having a discussion about the now suddenly very important gas stove bans here in the States, which went from zero coverage to all the corporate places all discussing it immediately as if there's some sort of coordinated agenda. And one of the folks on there, I don't know who their name is, they're basically saying, yeah, this gas stove ban is about, you know, forcing, you know, climate change. Oh, wait, I'm getting in trouble now. She basically said the quiet part out loud and noted that, oh, my producer just in my earpiece said, ixnay on the I'm at Clange J. Meanwhile here, see, I don't even have all this stuff in the notes. Meanwhile here in New Mexico, they're really hyping a story that elected Democrats' homes are being targeted. Another really great convenient story to make it look like we're under attack. It's kind of a classic political move that's been used for millennia. Also, what did Maserati liberal Joe Manchin III say at Davos just a couple of days ago? Democratic Senator Joe Manchin claims open press a problem in America and then, of course, immediately apologizes and has to try and walk back all his remarks. The, the quote, The problem we have is the open press system and basically all the platforms. West Virginia Senator said at Davos. And that is, folks might remember, exactly what another famous traitor to West Virginia said. Senator Jay Rockefeller said it'd be better if we never invented the internet. Going back to March 23rd, 2009, just about six months before New World Next Week launched. James, our third and final story on this New World Next Week, really interesting. I like it when, you know, I love it when a plan comes together and the entire episode feels like a, a, of, a, of a whole. Lukashenko abolishes copyright protections for unfriendly states. Belarusian dictator Alexander Lukashenko legalized piracy in the country without requiring the consent of the rights holders last week. The law states it will include computer programs, audiovisual work, musical works, and film, cinema, and entertainment organizations. You can hear the screams. The law cited that this decision is the result of unfriendly relations between Belarus and other countries like, I don't know, the U.S., the EU, the U.K., amongst others, which imposed sanctions on the country amidst its support of the Russian government's attack on Ukraine. Lukashenko rose to power in 1994 during a democratic election and has continued to hold the position after a series of suspicious landslide victories, the support of the evil Putin, and a referendum that removed presidential term limits. Belarus is now responding to foreign states that commit unfriendly actions by legalizing piracy with the caveat that when people or entities utilize pirated content, they must pay a remunization fee, remunization fee to the state-owned bank accounts. The law reads, quote, after three years, the remuneration not demanded by the right holder or the organization for the collective management of property rights will be transferred by the patent authority to the Republican budget within three months. That's a lowercase r. This all coming from Torrent Freak. The law will be instated this week and will continue for two years, ending on, let's say, December 31st, 2024. Anti-Empire.com's editor's note says, Good thing. Intellectual property is a mercantilist scam anyway. Patent originally simply meant monopoly. Everyone should do this. James? 
<laughs> Yay! Everyone should do this. Uh, if only they were actually doing it. Yes, you picked up, I think, on the uh, the little niggly details here that make this not quite the story that the headline would have you believe. So, as you say, with the caveat that when people or ent entities utilize pirated content, they must pay a remuneration fee to state-owned bank accounts. The money paid out by those accessing the pirated programs will be determined by the lower house of the Belarusian parliament and will be directed to the patent authority, which will hold the money for three years. If, at the end of that period, the rights holders of the property rights management organizations do not claim the remuneration, it will be claimed by the Belarusian government. So really, it's just the Belarusian government coming in, putting their snoot in there and saying, hey, it's ours, unless you claim it otherwise, and then we'll give it to you. I mean, you know, uh, it's not it's not the abolition of copyright, but it should be, because of course, copyright, patent, trademark, all forms of intellectual property are at base, exactly as it says in this editor's note. Yeah, it's a, it's a mercantilist scam. And it, it absolutely, when you look at the historical roots of it, it was uh, grants of monopoly that were granted by the crown to certain favored business entities, scam, scoundrels and, and pirates, essentially, to, hey, guys, you can, we'll give you this grant of uh, monopoly for this amount of time. Um, it's, it's a total scam, and it doesn't work on any level. Obviously, on the a fundamental moral level, the actual ethical level. You could look to uh, writers like Stefan Kinsella for more on that. But how about even just the base utilitarian argument? Oh, but think of the poor inventor who won't get any money for his invention because everyone will just copy it. It was never, ever about protecting the poor little inventor working in his little workshop. It was always about protecting the major mega monolithic corporate behemoths. And that's all it does. And if you want to look at the utilitarian economic argument, go to Boulder and Levine. And they've, they've uh, conclusively shown that it was billions and billions and billions, untold billions of dollars have been siphoned out of the economy on the back of this scam and to directed towards the cronies who are connected towards power. There is no way that you can justify this. If you want more on that, I would highly suggest going to corporatereport.com slash IP. And you can listen to my Steal This Podcast, Please podcast about this very topic where I delve into it in a great degree of detail and premiere IP freely, actually. That was where I premiered the song for the first time. Um, also, I think since it's 2023, let's party like it's 1927. Because, as you may or may not know, every year, of course, it's the Public Domain Day, January 1st. What entered the public domain in 2023? Some works from 1927 have finally entered the public domain. So if you want to watch Metropolis, you can now do so. It is public domain. Uh, you want to read the last two stories that Arthur Conan Doyle wrote about Sherlock Holmes? Public domain. You want to read Franz Kafka's America? Public domain. I'm pretty sure. I'm 99% sure I read that over 20 years ago. Don't remember a word of it, but I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that the f main character's name is either K or it starts with a K. I'm just, I'm just spitballing that one. Uh, Virginia Woolf's To the Lighthouse, now public domain, etc. Anyway, you get the idea. 1927 works. Uh, are now part of the public domain. So, yes, finally, we can enjoy the fruits of this cultural heritage 95 years after they were put out into the world. It is a scam top to bottom. It benefits no one except the fat cats at the top. James, I was going to joke until you said Virginia Woolf. None of those people you mentioned are American.
That was, I believe, uh, German and British and Prague, I think. Anyway, that's that's my Americanism. I got zero hits for Lukashenko on CorbettReport.com. I guess I found a couple at MediaMonarchy.com. I will include that and links to every other thing we've talked about here on New World Next Week, episode 507. And if you don't know, I've been busting out news, music, memes, and more as Media Monarchy since September 11, 2005. And you can support fear-free, commercial-free media at MediaMonarchy.com slash join. We got the P.O. Box, DVDs, shirts, USBs, and more at NewWorldNextWeek.com. James, what you got on the burners? A lot of things, but mostly the fake news awards, which tends to take up all of January, essentially, at this point, because it's a big production. So sit tight, wait for that, but there will be more content in the near future. And let me just say at the end of this, I'm glad that you connected Jay Rockefeller's statement to the creation of New World Next Week, because I like to think, yes, he was sort of proactively looking into the future and saying, I bet you there's a couple of guys out there that are going to start a news <laughs> program that I'm really not going to like. So, yes... You know, take that, Jay Rockefeller. That's John D. Rockefeller the Fourth. See, even just in the subtle movement of like, no, I'm Jay. I'm super cool. I'm not the scion of the most hated family in America. Running the poor st- again, it's pretty deep stuff to get into the Rockefellers and the mansions. And of course, as I've maybe said, I've definitely said it on my show, if not New World next week. My grandmother hated mansion. And his uh, criminally convicted uncle, a James Mansion, for uh, funny money stuff when he was the Treasury Secretary in West Virginia. My grandma hated him because the family name was Mancini. They dropped the last eye off to sound more Americanized. So if you've thrown away your Italian heritage, you're pretty much donezo to my grandma. And that's just one of the reasons why I loved her so much, James. That is New World Next Week, episode 507. Thanks so much, buddy. No problem, James Evan Pilot. <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> and on that funny joke, <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> Take care. Your Italian heritage, you're pretty much donezo to my grandma, and that's just one of the reasons why I loved her so much, James. That is New World Next Week, episode 507. Thanks so much, buddy. No problem, James Evan Pilot. <laughs> see what I did there <laughs> and on that funny joke <laughs> see you next week <laughs> take care